Hello, and welcome to High Key Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and joining me today for a dusty, dingy, hot episode of the podcast all about heists at the moment is none other than one of the hosts of Howler Pod, Ben Reiner. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Extremely excited to talk about one of my favorite heist movies just finished watching it and it's so freaking good it's so freaking good uh, today <laughs> we're talking about 2016's hell or high water it's amazing nominated for best picture for good reason and if you don't know the drill by now here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna lead in we're gonna do a little summary and then i'm gonna lead ben through some categories we're gonna talk about best scenes best characters favorite scenes favorite characters that sort of thing and get into a little nitpicking with some other odds and ends around the way, plus a surprise question for Ben near the end. Perfect. So, this week, the summary is sort of provided by IMDb. I did have to punch it up a little bit because they didn't have any really killer summaries for whatever reason. Following the death of their mother and staring down the barrel of their family's West Texas ranch's imminent foreclosure, Brothers Toby Howard, a reserved, introspective, divorced father, and Tanner, a reckless, boisterous ex-con, came up with a come up with a bold plan to raise some cash. As a result, the hard-pressed duo embarked on a crime spree targeting the Texas Midland Bank's small town branches, a meticulous, meticulously planned strategy by Toby. Nevertheless, the Howard brothers are tracked down by the uncompromising Texas, Texas Ranger Marcus Hamilton and his faithful deputy, the half-Comanche Alberto Parker, who are patiently waiting for even the slightest mistake to take them down. Eventually, the two opposed duos find themselves in a head-on collision, an inevitable showdown amidst the rugged and sun-baked landscape of West Texas, leading to unforeseen consequences. And that's, you know, that's a pretty good summary of what's going on. <laughs> that's perfect. But it does leave out... Hanging over this whole thing is the motivation for their crime spree that the Texas Midland, the Texas Midland Bank, kind of a mouthful, really, um, <laughs> screwed over their mom. Their property is about to go into foreclosure. They're going to pay the bank back with their own money. And the property is sitting on an oil reserve that's going to set up the family for generations, specifically Toby's sons. Yes, there's like an extra layer to this heist where we really screw over. I think the bad guys in this situation are is the bank, the Mid-Texas Bank, Midland-Texas Bank or whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, I love that extra layer. And it just makes the heist and the planning of the entire thing just elevated a little bit more. Yeah, Toby is one of the few heist movie characters I feel like you don't feel bad rooting for. Yeah, for sure. Because most of them, it's like you you almost always are rooting for the bad guys in the heist movies, and you yep. don't really feel bad for it because they're movies. But like, you're like, oh, Brody or Bodie, kind of a bad guy. The guys yeah. from the town, horrible people. <laughs> yeah, 
repeat horrible people, but you can't help but love them. And then in this one, Toby's like, you know, obviously he's made some mistakes in his life, but he seems like a genuinely good guy just doing what he can for his kids. Yeah, this movie does a great job of setting up those stakes and like you're kind of cheering for both sides. Mm-hmm. There's not really an antagonist, protagonist. Like anybody's an antagonist, it's the bank because like both sides talk about how they don't like the banks in the area. Uh, and so it does make for a fun watch because you kind of like you're not cheering for one character necessarily against the other characters. You want them both to succeed. Exactly. It's like heat, but a Western. And yeah. it's amazing. Um, so this movie, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critical consensus of Hell or High Water offers a solidly crafted, well-acted Western heist thriller that eschews mindless gunplay in favor of confident pacing and full-bodied characters. Accurate. Good job. Very accurate, yep. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. Did not win any. I was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing, all of which are greatly deserved, I think. Especially mm-hmm. the film editing, I would say, is like phenomenal. Editing is very good. Screenplay is amazing. Yes. Bridges yep. is awesome. Yeah, Bridges Movies is very awesome. great. Yep. <laughs> um, it won none of these. And Chris Pine not nominated makes no sense. We have more on that later. <laughs> So my question for you, before we get into the real categories, mm-hmm. is this your favorite heist movie? Is it in your Mount Rushmore? Like, what's your relationship with this? It's definitely up there. Uh, I would say, yeah, it's it's probably in my top three or four heist movies ever, for sure. Uh, I just, I love a neo-Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the vibe of this entire film. It, it grabbed me uh, when I originally saw it, and I've just, I've, it's one of the most rewatchable movies. Uh, yeah, that's one of my sure. favorites. It's just like it cracks every single time. It's got a great run length, uh, like an hour 45 perfect movie length. It really and, is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's great dialogue that carries it, great characters that carry it. Uh, it's definitely up there for me. I, I don't think I've like sat down and actually ranked, but uh, if I thought about it, yeah, I'd probably have like an Ocean's Eleven uh fast five hell or high water heat top four top five in there something like that very good i disagree with two of them but like two of them are (laughs) spot on and there are there are like a million heist movies it's it's insane (laughs) they're all out there uh and yeah i mean it's okay to disagree uh i feel like oceans is like a classic that and in and this has a similar setup, I feel like, with Oceans, where you're, you're okay cheering for the the heisters in this situation, uh, and the bad guy is kind of set up similar to the way that Terry Benedict is set up. Yeah, uh, Oceans, Oceans is, 11. they're like con men that yeah. pull a heist and not like bank yeah. robbers necessarily, which is interesting. Right. I don't know. I've touched on it a little bit. I didn't really like Oceans 11 when I saw it. I, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I'm only a few years younger than you. But, like, some of these movies, they come out, and then by the time you watch them, they have such a legacy that when you watch them, right. you can't help but be disappointed. And then there's, yep. like, all-time heaters like Heat, which is a, a mm-hmm. incredible, incredible movie. But Oceans was just disappointing <laughs> for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand that. Like, Oceans, for me, like, is a movie that I saw, like, in a theater, you know, as, like, a teenager. So, uh, it's a important to me in that that type of way and i just think like 
iconic uh overall right. like if it was yeah. if i was making an all-time heist movie yeah. mount rushmore would probably be on there but like my own personal it's not yeah. on there yeah anyway first category this scene slaps so I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scenes on my list. Lovely. And then if you have any, jump in. Okay. So my first scene, the opening bank robbery. We got the sassy bank employee calling them stupid. <laughs> uh, Tanner reacting like incredibly menacingly. Like this scene sets up everything you need to know about the rest of the movie. Yep. Toby diffuses the situation. You get like a great, you can tell who Chris Pine is immediately just from his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the way, like, the bank manager says good morning and then just it's plot and then yep. he just, like, cut. They're in the car. Uh, great stuff. I don't I don't think my list is quite in order, but it almost is. My next scene is the gas station scene, which is pretty quick. Toby's sitting outside. Tan- or to- Tanner's sitting outside. Toby goes in mm-hmm. to get the Mr. Pip or the Dr. Pepper or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then the kids are just being assholes. Toby gets off. Damn. Okay. Ben Foster gets off a great line. That's Tanner. He goes, boy, you'd think they're a ten of me. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls a gun. You're like, oh, shit. What's, like, is he about to get killed by some asshole, like, idiot kid? Yeah. And Chris Pine, the calm, like, rational brother, just beats the hell out of this guy. <laughs> and then his friend chickens out. He's like, he had a coming. He had a coming. Like, great scene. <laughs> You want anything? Dr. Pepper, Winston Lights. It's okay. What? What, bitch? You looking for trouble, motherfucker? Came to the right place. Boy, you'd think they were ten of me. Oh yeah? Not so fucking tough now, are you, bitch? He had it coming! He had it coming! He had it coming! <laughs> you got some spunk left in you! Ah, oh, you remember the gun! You get to be all mad at this! <laughs> Asshole could have killed you. Uh, not the way it would have gone, little brother. Enemy! I told you! It's going to be a great scene. The, like, lime green Camaro or whatever. Mm-hmm. The uh, cowboy that's riding a horse at the gas yes. station. <laughs> like... Yes, that's an amazing part of that scene. I also have another quote from this one that we can all save just because uh, we can talk about that one in best quotes. But okay. when they're leaving, talking yeah. about the Dr. Pepper and the Mr. I have that. Just... <laughs> I have that on my list too. Um, my next scene, and I don't know if it's technically one scene or like several, but I'm grouping it as one, is the casino scene. And that's like everything from when they get there 
until they leave. Like all yeah. that stuff is really good. We did like the poker, uh, Toby with the poker who's trying to work him. It seems like maybe genuinely interested. We don't know. Yeah. Um, definitely wants some money out of them for sure. We know that, sure. but yep. we don't know if she wants to rob him blind or what. <laughs> and the weird exchange between Tanner and the uh, Comanche over the gambling or the poker table, whatever yep. game they're playing. And Tanner's, or yes, Tanner saying that makes me a Comanche. All great, great stuff, and like just like the line. lights and everything in the casino is really cool. And I love like you know people. Using casinos to launder money in movies, I'm all in every time. I, know. I was like, did we learn how to launder money from this movie? <laughs> they do it in, in the town too. I don't think yeah. we see it, but yeah. we'll talk about it. It is. A, I like what you said about like the lights in the background because like in the production design of the casino, uh, like it's such a juxtaposition from all the dusty West Texas, yes. West Texasness of the rest of the movie. Uh, it works really well. Yeah, it's like a, it's an oasis. Yeah. And it's where they go to get away. Yeah, and it's that just... plays into that like neo-western vibe uh, that the whole movie is is going for. Yeah. Uh, my next one is the is when they meet their lawyer to set up the trust and all that, and the lawyer's just one hundred percent on their side. He's just like yep. you know gives them <laughs> advice. He's like, the lawyer comes in pretty hot. He's ready to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then like uh, Tanner's like testing him. Ben Foster's yeah. character is testing him, and uh, he comes across like he's on their side. Yeah, and he gives them the advice about setting up the trust through the bank, and that kind yeah. of like is what seals the deal for the entire heist in the end. Because yeah, because the bank's gonna manage all that money and make money off of it. Yeah, so they're so in. They they're don't like, give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you stole forty thousand dollars, gave it back to us, and yeah. we're still. They're probably gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars over this. <laughs> yeah. So they have no incentive to investigate and yeah. uh, just makes that it just wraps that whole heist up in a perfect little bow. I know. So we don't get any background on Toby besides that he is divorced, basically, right? Right. Like, and used to be work like working on an oil rig. That's it. We yeah, don't know. Like basically. he wasn't in charge of an oil rig. Yeah. And he, this is one of the best heist plans of any heist movie. Oh, for sure. And he for I mean he's convinced he's going to be caught. Yeah, but it's like a brilliant plan. It's so crazy. It is a really great plan, and that's what's what makes it like one of the best heist movies. I feel like is like it's got such a meticulously well thought out plan, and it's like the people that he's hurting are people that you don't mind getting hurt. Yeah, in the end, in the bank. Yeah, and it's, yeah, if he had a better brother, he like you definitely yes, like, would have gone fine. Yeah, that that part that Tanner obviously going flying off the handles unexpected yes uh so my net scene is the state scene and like mm. sitting outside watching the bank because so the state scene i think those are two separate ones technically but it's all yeah. same sort of idea right state, state scene they come there. in yeah the um i'm gonna put in we have this in best scenes i'm gonna play the audio later but you know they come in the waitress is like what don't you want wait this is best scenes okay so i'll play the audio from the scene yeah So, what's the plan? We're gonna watch that bank like a deer feeder. In time, we'll be right. Now, let's see what they got to eat here. 
Howdy, ma'am. How you doing today? Hot, and I don't mean the good kind. So what don't you want? Pardon? What don't you want? Oh, well, uh, I think I'll just, uh... You know, I've been working here for 44 years. Ain't nobody ever ordered nothing but T-bone steak and a baked potato. Except this one asshole from New York tried to order trout back in 1987. We don't sell no goddamn trout. T-bone steaks. So either you don't want the corn on the cob or you don't want the green beans. So what don't you want? I don't want green beans. I don't want green beans either. Steaks cooked medium rare. Can I get my steak cooked that just a little? no question. All right. Iced tea for you boys. Iced tea be great. Iced tea, yeah, thank you, ma'am. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Nobody's gonna rob this son of a bitch. <laughs> But the waitress is like, but don't you want just coming hard, some asshole oh, from man. New York? And I was like, oh, <laughs> just catching strays. Now, I don't I don't think I would order trout in Texas, but like still. That waitress was throwing 100 miles an hour as soon yes. as she got on screen. And <laughs> Jeff Bridges, I'll tell you what, no one's robbing this son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, true. Uh, yeah, I had that. I had that one written down too. I loved Marcus's speech about like colonialism. Yes, and that... yeah, and then like how that kind of leads Marcus to figuring out Toby's plan a little bit, mm-hmm. and he kind of figures out that he's hitting this specific chain of banks, uh, and then they get an idea for where Toby might go next. Yes, Just relax. Enjoy this little town. Do you want to live here? An old hardware store that charges twice what Home Depot does. One restaurant with a rattlesnake for a waitress. And how is anybody supposed to make a living here? We've been about living here for 150 years. Well, people lived in caves for 150,000 years, but they don't do it no more. Well, maybe your people did. Your people did too. Long time ago, your ancestors was the Indians. So someone came along and killed them, and broke them down, made you into one of them. 150 years ago, all this was my ancestors' land. Everything you could see, everything you saw yesterday, to the grandparents of these folks took it. And now it's been taken from them. Except it ain't no army doing it. It's those sons of bitches right there. So this podcast is obviously very inspired by the rewatchables. I don't do what age the worst because that's... I don't think the Rainer does, for the most part, they don't do a great job for what age the worst. They either bring up, like, super obvious things or they'll be like, there's no cell phones. And it's like, okay, that doesn't... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it aged badly just because the movie was filmed in 1990. Anyway, um, but I was the constant teasing that Jeff Bridges does of Alberto's heritage. It's yeah. just like, it's weird. 
I, it's like it's not horrible and you did it's like from a place of love and it's like on purpose right. and alberto has dealt with it for like 20 years or whatever yep. but it's just like it's weird now in the because even 2016 it's not that far ago long ago but you know 2020 all these uh stronger racial awakenings i guess and like for sure it just felt weird watching it i did have that noted under nitpicks for there's yeah. like a lot of casual racism. Yeah. And it's like, it is all <laughs> it is good like, fun for the most part. But yeah, like, like you folksy. can tell it hurts Alberto at the same time. It does. In, yeah. in that motel room scene. Yep. Uh, the next scene I have is the bank robbery in post gone wrong. And that's mm. basically they just bit off more than they could chew. Paints loaded. We get like a nice little commentary on Texas. Tets in politics, I guess, with the concealed carry making it difficult oh to gosh. rob a bank. The whole town's just ready to pop off. And then they leave. The whole town's outside chasing them down. Like, gunning them down. It's incredible. I was like, yeah, I'm never... Ro-. Like, Tess is so the last place I'm robbing a bank. Gun. So many good guys with a gun in this movie. <laughs> yep. Like, quote-unquote, good guys with a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it worked by Tanner. <laughs> And then my last scene, and I think you know what this is. You have to. The showdown between Toby Howard and Texas Ranger Marcus Hamilton. And again, I'm going to put in some of the audio from that here and then also in best quotes. But it's it's the diner scene from Heat, except openly antagonistic. Yes. And it's too, like you wouldn't think like if you're you know drafting up characters who are the Pacino and De Niro of our time. Who's like who's gonna replicate this scene? Yeah. I don't think you would necessarily be like Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine in your top twenty for either category. And then it's just a, it's an amazing scene. The the diner scene in Heat is a great comparison. I love how this scene starts like kind of like as an elegy for their lost partners in in this, and and then there's so much tension. And they get to that point where they're like, are we going to do this or not? And you're mm-hmm. like, is, is he going to pull a gun? Is he going to pull a gun? And then Toby's family pulls up in the truck right behind him. And it's mm-hmm. all just cut immediately. But then yeah. there's the ending and like, we'll go through it in quotes, obviously, but like the back and yeah. forth and like the promises that they make to each other. Ooh, I read good. the script for that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the whatever, like that from the script that seems yeah. the script. And it's, it's so good. Like, um, his wife, his ex-wife is playing dumb. Like, she knows who Marcus is, apparently. And there's, yeah. like, I guess Debbie knows what happened. Um, but it's, like, just awesome. Nice. And it's just, oh, like, so much too. menace. I like that. Yeah. Yes, so much. On both sides. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's cool, too, because Toby the whole time isn't, like, he has no menace in him, really. Like, besides <laughs> the inherent menace of him robbing banks. Like, he, because we know he's good. Right, but in that one scene, he's like, like you know, he will kill Jeff Bridges. Right, you see it in that gas station scene. Yeah, you know that he's capable uh, of going there, but then yeah, then he like delivers it here in this ending scene. Yeah, and I mean, like he says, he's like, you know, see if you can pull that gun out of your boot before I, I shoot you, and yep. I I think he has him beat pretty good. He's got the <laughs> rifle ready. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. And then the end, which I do, I do have in best quotes. I don't know which order I'm going to play the audio in, but when he's like, you know, come see me. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah. Like, did I miss any of your scenes? I had the, you pretty much nailed everything that I had. I had 
Tanner's blaze of glory just because it's like mm-hmm. not really glory, but like the tragedy of that entire situation. Mm-hmm. Man, like well, Alberto, he, he thinks it is glory though. Yeah, exactly. Is- yeah. And then you see how empty it is and how just like how how many people it hurts and how it leaves Marcus with this huge hole and like the sound that Jeff Bridges makes when Alberto gets shot. Yes. And like, wow. That like, yeah, like he's my ready heart. to weep, but he can't. Yes. Like you yeah. tell he's like about to he's like, oh my and the last thing he says is like a horrible thing. Yeah. Like he says yes. like a stupid racist comment and he's just yes. like because he you know, he never thought that was gonna happen. So tragic. So tragic. He's got a rifle, get out! There's just one? Yep. Just one. There's supposed to be two of them. Maybe the town folks got one. Well, if they did, they got the smart one. This old boy's out of his mind. Why don't you slip up this canyon and tomahawk that son of a bitch? like hike to the top of the mountain yes. and making the shot and then his release like his little laugh and then his laugh yeah the way he like slaps the guy yeah. and like all that that's like i don't know i know that cat i think i looked at it and the category was pretty stat that year the academy awards were like actually good and fair yeah yeah but like how did he not win for that just oh, that, those two scenes alone just a master class he's such a good actor and such like a good you actor. it's he's so good yeah yeah, and yeah. earlier Alberto is like, you know, there no blaze of glory, like you can't shoot, and then he makes this crazy shot. <laughs> yeah, I had that in best quotes too. Just domes yeah. him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This movie is so good because it's like when you watch it, it's really good. The first time I watched it, I was like, damn, yep. that's amazing. But then once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh my god, this is yes. an amazing movie. The layers that come in on the rewatches, and then just like how it kind of loops back in through itself. Uh, and how everything plays into the theme of the movie, like everything does, and uh, it just works so well. It's just so well constructed and well written. Yeah, it's just so good. Um, best characters for me, unless you have any more scenes I skipped. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, so best characters, I only have two. I think this is a two horse race. I have Tetris Ranger, Marcus Hamilton, and Toby Howard. Nice. Okay. I had. I mean, Toby is great. He's like he's got, but I don't think he works without Tanner. So I have Tanner yes. as the best character as well. Like he okay. has to play that straight man, uh, and I like Ben Foster's performance in this. Another just he's he's on fire the entire time. Mm-hmm. He really sells that like he's just this firecracker that could go off at any moment. Um, he's a wild card everywhere he goes, but he has this like genuine love for Toby, and he. Mm-hmm. I think he knows, you know, he like he knows what he's doing there at the end, like sacrificing himself, obviously. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, he knows, like, I think he knew going into that day that no right. matter what he was getting out, like, that was how however he, was he could. Yes, he definitely. That's how he was going out. He wasn't going back to prison. Right. But also, I think, like, 
he was like, I'm going to figure out how to get Toby out of this in any way he could attempt to. I don't think he could put it together mentally, but... I think, and like, he, in a way, like, Toby is naive in thinking that they're going to be able to pull this off without getting caught. And Toby thinks they're getting caught the whole time. He tells his son, like, don't, like, believe what they say about us. Right, yeah. Uh, I just think that he... I think that he's naive in the fact that maybe violence isn't going to happen. So yes, that's, um, that's true. Tanner at that point, he like takes that burden for Toby because he knows he's not really capable of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not saying it's a good thing or anything like that. Like Tanner's not a, uh, an admirable character at all, but he is a very good character. He's a very good character. And I like their relationship and just like that last moment they had together where they're like, say, I love you. And then they're like, fuck off or whatever mm-hmm. you know and then they drive off <laughs> um so toby definitely like toby needed a hothead brother for this for yeah. sure yeah. it's just tanner was like 10 percent too much but in the end it worked out yeah yeah i i i liked uh, i loved ben foster's performance as tanner so i would throw him in there as best character too but i think it is between uh i had also had toby and and marcus hamilton yeah, I think those are yep. really the only three that get a lot to do. Alberto gets a little bit, but not yep. enough to like compete with those three. And then the rest aren't. No one else is really in the movie enough. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention on, on this movie, as far as characters go, it has like such great side characters. Characters that only get one scene or a few lines. Uh, like they did such a great job of casting all the supporting players. And then they all seem like real people. Like they look like real people. They um, act like like real people. It's like a Coen brothers movie in that way uh, where they like have, and they look unique. They all have a unique look. They get great lines. I was going to say it looks like it was like the town where it was like all people from. Yeah. uh, Charlestown. Yeah. I'm sure it it was like, seems like that all West Texas, actual West Texas people. But I like how they give those characters like great dialogue. They, you, they, even if they're in like a scene for a moment or for one scene or whatever, they get some depth and it's yeah. not just like a, a cardboard cutout. Um, I think almost everyone are, but, does get like yeah. something biting to say, basically. Right. Like they yeah, all get they, a little something to chew on. Yeah. You understand like the characters immediately, even like, well, the, the, um, the writer was an actor before this. Right. So when he writes stuff, because he was only like really got bit parts for the most part, mm-hmm. besides uh, Sons of Anarchy. So like when he writes stuff, he writes for actors. So that's I think nice. that's why everyone got stuff to do. Yeah, because like yeah. he brings that baggage with him for in a good way. It really reminds me of like a Coen Brothers movie. I feel like they're like the best at that, where they cast like unique side characters that you are really memorable or that get like their little moment within the movie so it reminded me of of that type of movie for sure Mm -hmm. that brings us to notable quotes and i have a good amount they're mostly exchanges more than actual just Mm -hmm. quotes this isn't one of those movies where you're like damn that's a banner quote that i'm gonna say all the time with my friends but (laughs) there's like in context there's a lot of good stuff I might. So this when there's a movie with a lot of accents, it's hard to just like read the quotes. So I'll probably just put in audio for a lot of these if I can yeah. find it. Uh, so the first one I have is Toby goes, "How the fuck have you managed to stay out of prison for a year?" <laughs> yeah. 
And Tanner goes, it's been difficult. <laughs> Always good. It's <laughs> just like real good. Uh, Tanner, I already said this one. Boy, you'd think there were 10 of me, which, yep. you know, I'm not super physically imposing, if physically imposing at all. <laughs> However, I like to think, like, if, I mean, if someone said that to me in a fight, I'd be like, okay, you yes. know what? I overstepped. My bad. <laughs> I'd pull, like, a zombie land and be like, let me begin my three-part apology by first saying, I think you're a wonderful human being. <laughs> Especially, like, if someone like Tanner said that, you'd be like, oh. Oh, yeah. You know what? Scary. That's, that's my bad. Like, you know, <laughs> yes. piece of shit car just lounging. <laughs> and then adding to 10 of me like when he's saying that he like screams 10 of me and then he's like complaining about yeah when he's leaving getting a dr pepper that's actually my next um (laughs) so he screamed like they pull out of the after the huge violent gas station fight and he yells 10 of me and then he looks in the bag that uh toby gave him are you trying to make me mad i said dr pepper this is mr pip that's all i have only asshole street mr pip drink up just deadpan drink up <laughs> it's perfect so good <laughs> um this next quote i'm definitely gonna put the audio in and this is toby to uh marcus hamilton at the end i've been poor my whole life told my parents their parents before them it's like a disease Passing from generation to generation becomes a sickness. That's what it is. In fact, every person you know. But not my boys. Not anymore. This is theirs now. I never killed no one in my life, but if you want me to start with you, let's get on with it, old man. See if you can grab that pistol before I blast you off this porch. Just like a great (laughs) monologue. And the way it goes from like a very, very brilliant look at poverty in America to another, like a caring man just doing whatever it takes to take care of his family to an absolute threat of violence. (laughs) It's just great. Yeah, I love it. And all three, like, not one of them is cringy. All three are believable. It's a brilliant acting performance from Chris Pine. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, steel in that moment. Man, it, he delivers it so great. Like, you can see mm-hmm. his eyes, just, like, uh, the sadness. And, like, when he's talking about being poor and just, like, then kind of the hope of, like, I did this for my boys. And then he gets that steely resolve. And, like, all of this, like, comes over his face. And he barely moves his face. But it's all... yeah like in there you can feel it in his emotion and in his voice like it's just so and then like the final threat and like the the menace behind it is just yeah incredible yeah and then like in texas like he's getting away with it like he can shoot that guy he's trespassing and it made sense like you know i think the rangers have an idea that toby was most likely involved but there's other suspects that are equally believable mm-hmm if not more so to the general public. And so like, you know, this guy is retired, his partner got shot in the head and he's harassing his brother. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's probably in a way with shooting him. <laughs> the bank's not letting, you know, the Rangers investigate. So, and Jeff Bridges just like, he doesn't pull up with the gun ready. It's pretty crazy. 
Oh. It's just fantastic. That scene is like just all timer for real. Yeah, it really caps the movie so well. Um, my next quote is like pretty much right after that. It's after his kids show up and the wife and uh, Mark is getting ready to leave. Hey, we're in a little house in town. If you want to stop by and finish this conversation, you're welcome anytime. Oh, I'd like that. I'll be seeing you. Yeah. Soon, I hope. Ready to be done with this. You'll never be done with it, no matter what. It's going to haunt you, son, for the rest of your days. But you won't be alone. It's going to haunt me, too. If you stop by, maybe I'll give you peace. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe I'll give it to you. Just... Ooh. God damn. Again, I'm going to put the audio in for that, but golly. Yeah. The sadness there for both of them and just like yeah. the recognizing of like how tragic this is, like four people did get killed and like uh, how they're both going to have to deal with that and kind of know about it. But it's just at the end of the day, like Toby's like, you know, I had to do this for my family and you can. He yeah, that I don't from know. Him. It's just, I think it would haunt Marcus way more than Toby. Sure. I think Toby, it's like it's gonna get him a little bit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he can rest on like, you know, he had to do this. Like, mm-hmm. from what he's seen, poverty ruins your life. Yeah. His sons had no prospects. Maybe they're smart. I mean, if they inherited from their dad, but yeah. There is so in the script. There's a quote that Marcus says to the older son. I think. And he's like, are you as sharp as your dad? And I don't think this is in the final cut of the movie, at least. He said, are you as sharp as your dad? And the kid goes, I never thought of my dad as particularly smart. <laughs> and Marcus is like, he is, basically. Interesting. And then it gets into what we've seen. Yeah. But that was, like, cool. I get It was kind of out of place yeah. with, like, the rest of the scene. But it was interesting. And I wonder, like, I don't know. I would have liked to see, because I'm sure they filmed yeah. it. And then we're like, ah, it doesn't work. I would like to see it still. Yeah. Because I feel like if I'm in that situation, this guy showed up to kill me, and he's talking to my son, I'd be kind, I'd be pretty mad. Yeah. I love how, and two, we get like this great buttoned up ending, but at the same time, we get this open ended still. Like, there's still some yeah. story to tell between these. Yeah, two. I have more on that. Yeah. In the, another category. Yep. But that's just like, yeah, it's phenomenal. I also have trivia on that scene. Thanks. In addition. Uh, this next one is, it's just like a funny, maybe it's it's part of the casino scene. And so it's out of order. This is my last one. Tanner's looking around. He's like, the women in this place. And Toby looks around. And just, <laughs> like the camera flashes. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of middle-aged, not great looking women, not great looking yeah. gals by Smokers any stretch. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then Tanner, he says, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And Tanner says, we should get another shot. They'll be pretty soon enough. (laughs) And then Tanner does end up hooking up with an actual pretty woman. But (laughs) it's just like... He's like, what the... Just great. I mean, you know, Tanner's been in prison and then living in a trailer out in the middle of nowhere shooting coyotes for a year. Yeah. It's great. He's ready to rock. (laughs) Uh, were there any quotes that stood out to you that I didn't bring up? I definitely, I had just like 
all the dialogue between Marcus and Alberto. Like, it's just mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed their back and forth, but I particularly like Alberto saying, you know, I seen you shoot, ain't going to be much glory. Mm-hmm. And then just like how that comes back in the end is just tough. We already kind of talked about that. Uh, I also like when the attorney is talking about the scheme and just like, see, he says, to see you boys pay those bastards back with their own money. Well, if that ain't Texan, I don't know what is. I just, That's fantastic, I just enjoyed yeah. that a lot. <laughs> and then after that, really, like, yeah. And then after that, I think his next line is like the title of the movie, which is great. He says, "Like you got to be at that bank, yeah, or high water by three o'clock on Saturday or whatever." Yes, and the way like he's like, "Hey, the bank is going to try to screw you over." Like, yeah. you know, they'll probably close at three that day or something. Yeah. Yeah, the way they were able like, to. So make sure you're there. And then also, I think I, that might have been a just, I should have included that in best scenes, is when Toby goes to the bank after all this, and he's like waiting for oh, the guy yeah. to fats everything and like file the paperwork. He's like, I'll get to it by the end of the week. Like, <laughs> And you're just like, fuck these people. Like, <laughs> he paid you off. They don't know it's their money yet. Like, oh, man. he paid you off. That banker is and so smart. You're still trying too. to steal his, steal his property because yeah. like they want that oil. Yeah, that banker's so smart, me too. He's like, lucky night at the casino yep. he says that and then he's like we paid the back taxes we do that as a courtesy and like, yeah <laughs> so we have to pay him more yeah I, it, yeah it was just like yo hope Texas midland bank isn't real fuck those guys yeah. <laughs> imagine they were i don't think they are they have to be fake but imagine they were real and they like paid to have their move money they're banked in this movie and they're like, oh, so we have no security yeah. and we're the worst people alive. Yes. We're freaking vampires. <laughs> um, anything else? That was all Let's I had. Nope. Yep. Okay. Uh, this next category, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. If you could add any character from another heist movie or crime movie, who would it be and why? So I have a couple. Let's hear him. One of them is one I like to do whenever I can, just because I think it'd be funny, because he's <laughs> awesome, and that is Sergeant Nicholas Angel from Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Not a heist movie, but he's just like, anytime, especially this one, it actually works, because there is a cop pursuing two criminals. Yeah. So just like, imagine Nicholas Angel tracking them down. He'd be right on it. <laughs> I love that. So, Nicholas Angel and, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh... Uh, oh no! I don't really know it. Is it? It's Nick Frost. Nick Frost, Nick Frost is the character. character, yeah, or is the actor? Is the, yeah, uh, yeah. So his character, like yeah. just those two against Tanner and Toby. <laughs> That's good. And then just Simon Page sniping him at the end. <laughs> I guess because it's um, it's Danny, Danny, right, mm-hmm. or Denny? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I guess he would have. So Simon Page would have to get shot. <laughs> It's Nicholas Angel, and then Denny has to make the kill shot. But <laughs> And then the other one I think would be perfect for this, and we'd have to tone him back a little bit, but if we got Dr. King Schultz and Jango from Django wow. Unchained as the the Rangers, yeah. that would be awesome. Okay. Because it's the same kind of like Southern yeah. Texas kind of like... They might... I feel like they'd be on the side of the brothers, though. But right. I think if we put them in either role, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think like... If you're, you'd have to like replace characters in this movie with new characters because there's not enough room in the movie to right. like add a character. I like those two. I can get with that. 
Next is the nitpicking category. We have some questions, and it's both like plot hole type stuff or just like general nitpicks. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. You know, I'm from New York. You're from Missouri? Kansas, now, right? yeah. I live in Missouri okay, now. I always forget yeah. if you're in Kansas or Missouri. I live in Missouri. Oh, you're in Missouri from Kansas. from Kansas. And you lived in Texas a little bit? I did live in Texas for a little while. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I thought it was weird. I felt like Chris Pine and Ben Foster's characters had pretty different accents. Yeah. And they're brothers. I thought that was a little weird. Definitely. I think Foster was just hamming his up a, little, a lot more. Mm-hmm. And Pine was just kind of playing it straight cowboy. Mm-hmm. Bridges was great. His accent was great. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Bridges from? Is he I think California? Like, really? Yeah. Does he just like? Because he's like the son of an actor, right? I have no idea about Jeff Bridges. Sure. So you either think of him as the dude or like as cowboy as cowboy gets. Yeah. And those are the only two. And this character is kind of like, what if the dude was a kind of racist lawman yeah (laughs) um this is i guess a nitpick for the oscars the academy awards Mm -hmm. no chris pine for best actor like what's going on i know he just my man our man does not get any love i know it's just it's us and quentin tarantino and that's it yep i think it's almost too like for the Oscars, it's too much of a controlled performance, like because all they freaking lo- yeah he didn't get his he his only outburst is violent he didn't get to yell like exactly. Daniel Day Lewis yeah he did- if he had done like one ah oh, betrayed my boy like yeah he'd be fine. yeah so it's just like you got like the you have to be way more demonstrative uh, mm-hmm. to have like a an Oscars nom- like nomination or and especially an Oscars win, you either have to imper- be just impersonate somebody or have like a really demonstrative performance. And unfortunately, yeah, or like lose a hundred pounds or gain. Yeah. Pounds they don't or something. award subtlety. And like this, this performance from Chris Pine is just all about subtlety. Yes. Yeah. Like he just, he seems like a Texan. Yeah, like the way he sits is very Texas. Yeah, like. like, yeah. Like he's so lean in this movie too. Like, mm-hmm. and Yes. The way he like, yeah, I love you're right. Like the way he sits in chairs and just like walks around, like carries himself, like it's very much like a, a Texas cowboy. So I'm gonna segue us into a general Tris Pine conversation in the middle of this category. <laughs> I love Tris Pine. I have ever since Star Trek. You know, he's I'm not like he's just a fantastic movie star type actor. I feel like everyone's like, oh, why don't we have any American male movie stars anymore? Right. It's like, well, we got one right here. We just like mm-hmm. you put him in Jack Reacher instead of good <laughs> movies. I know. And, like in Jack Reacher, it's like he's fun, and him and Kevin Tossner are fun, and there's fun parts of it, but it's not good. Right. Anyway, so like he's anchored. He he did that. He anchored the Star Trek movies, which there should have been more of. They didn't really clear a ton of money at the bots office, and three's a good amount. He's a great, he's great in those movies. Yeah, like, like he, I'm not saying he's Daniel Day Lewis. I just think he's like a legitimately like great movie star actor that can also do serious stuff like this, like real movies and movie star stuff. He makes, I mean, he makes Captain Kirk come to life. I feel like, like yes. he really embodied that role, like a very famous role. Like think about like. I th- he made it his own, right? For sure, exactly. Like think about the dude that did Solo or whatever. Like those are that's kind of like similar stuff. And I think like Chris Pine was way more successful in his Captain Kirk than 
what's his face alden Ehrenreich was as, as yeah. solo even though he was okay i See, liked him in that movie but... i do i do like solo yeah. and i thought he did like i mean the death was stats against him because i mean han solo is way more iconic than captain turk yeah. even though i mean unless you're a star trek fan but for the general people mm-hmm. and anyway you know where chris pine is like maybe his most electric is horrible bosses too <laughs> which is like yes. he is fantastic in that it's incredible <laughs> And I hate to say that uh, a man is one of the best parts of the Wonder Woman movies, but Steve Trevor is like, yeah, I don't like enjoyable. Wonder. I didn't like the first Wonder Woman even. Really. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the second one yet, but I will. Like, I'll get around to it. Mm-hmm. But I do. I have that. It's you know, it might come <laughs> off kind of wrong, but I was like, I was listing off his career, and I was like, he did it to sleep with Wonder Woman, so I guess that's a dub. But I just want more, and oh, no. I think he has done a lot of stuff. I just think we should. He should be like. I mean, I guess he's probably going to be Mr. Fantastic and then he'll be Robert Downey Jr. in 10 years where he's the most famous person on Earth. I hope so. But like, he's pro- he's probably going to get some big Marvel part if he wants it. Yeah, I would like to, yeah. I mean, if you want to see more like of his subtle performance, like like, you said, like we had kind of already alluded to here, you can really handle like the comedic general stuff really well. He's very charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can handle like action hero. But I like this kind of like subtle acting piece that he does in this movie if you you can see more of that in the i think it's the netflix movie where he's oh the uh, robert robert yep, the bruce or something the outlaw king. yeah the outlaw king yeah yeah i haven't seen that yet it's that's good. like i've been meaning to but i just you know it's just kind of one of those like long kind of sword and sandal ones that it's worth to watch for sure yeah i feel like those movies they always mess up because they don't make them troy they try to make them the godfather set back yeah. then and it's like <laughs> It's fine. I did it. Just made Troy. Yeah. Like, that's all we want when these movies come. Like made Troy, made three hundred. It doesn't. Ha- we don't want Gladiator every time. Right. Only Gladiator can do Gladiator. Yep. That's what it is. They're trying to make Gladiator, and it's like that was lightning in a bottle, basically. That's a good note. Just made Troy. Yep. Which Troy is fantastic. I love that movie. Did they know that Texas Midlands Bank were being upgraded and had no security cameras, or was that just luck? I think it was luck to me. Because so that's like Chris Pine is convinced they're gonna get caught. Yeah. And they like the police have no leads. They have no idea who's doing this, mm-hmm. and so I assumed that it was just luck. Yeah, I think it was. That's the way it played off to me, anyway. And then my last question: Does Marcus Hamilton go visit Toby, or is he satisfied that it was for his kids and it wasn't for no reason? I think he's visiting Toby. What do you think happens? I think that Marcus is going to find his peace. Toby's putting him down. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's younger. He's more vital. Yep. And I don't, like, Marcus isn't going to ambush him, I don't think. Like, he's going to be like, say when type of thing. I think Marcus is, you can see how unhappy he is in retirement. Like, yeah. he's ready to be put to peace. Right, he thought he was going to have the Nets 20 years harassing Alberto, but Alberto got shot. Right. And, like, he, do you think, this is a, off the dome, do you think Hamilton went to visit his widow and children? Or was he too, like, ashamed? I feel like he probably did, but there is like a chance that he was too ashamed to do it. Yeah, I think that he would. He seemed like to have like, despite all the racism, <laughs> just he did seem to have a genuine love and appreciation for Alberto, and especially the way that he says Alberto had a family. Yeah. To no, I think Toby. he he definitely loved Alberto. Yeah. I think, it, like, the racism is just, like, it looks bad, but I think it was from a place of love. Yeah, it was, like, 
it's hard to like hand wave all of the racism. That was one question that I had. Could we do this with less racism? This whole Definitely. movie. Right. I think, I mean, it's a comment on people of that age right. and Texans of that age. Yeah. Like that's how he shows love. And then because he showed love that way, the last thing probably his best friend heard him say was like something super racist. Right. Right. Because like, I think that makes it an Ote choice is that like that Alberto died. It's like, clearly intentional and not just the writer wanting to be weird or like the director wanting to just get in a bunch of racist jokes. Like, Agreed. Yeah. It wasn't, it was for a reason. It does serve a purpose. There's just a lot of it throughout the entire, it's like, yes, it's, we could tone it down for sure. Yeah. And there's also like the, uh, when they're robbing one of the banks and the bank, the bank manager's like, but you're not Mexicans. Yeah. yeah it's just. I think just to clean up what I was trying to say is like, just because something racist happens in a movie doesn't mean the movie itself is racist. Correct. Yeah, I would agree. That's the conversation to be had. Yep. Um, did you have any other nitpicks or unanswerable question type things? Nope. My next scene, and I always, whenever I do these, I get to it and I'm like, that's in a weird order. <laughs> My next scene is coming in hot. Scene stealer. <laughs> and I have four, and you'd probably do more. Used car salesman. Definitely. That sells of the stolen car or like they pretend to steal the car from him or whatever the relationship is. Yeah. That guy comes in so hot. <laughs> and he's just ready to drink with Tanner. He's having a time. Oh, man. When he comes back out with the beers after yes. the car. <laughs> Spear clock. That was great. <laughs> that was a laugh out loud moment for sure. I don't know the character's name, but Toby's son. Yeah. I thought, I don't know if he was like, he's not, he doesn't come in hot in the same way, but he definitely steals the scene. He's pretty good he was good yeah he was good Um, in that moment for sure i thought he definitely looked like he could have been chris pine's son yeah and it looked like i don't know he it's another example of them just like getting someone that seemed tattoo like he's coming in he's super tan from two a days of football stop i thought it was like i don't know i guess you do do that in high school like when you even though you're playing football and you probably are sick of the two a days like you do walk around with a football for no reason right (laughs) the movies they do that like it's just a weird thing to be like oh this guy does football but so i was gonna call that out but then as i was calling it out i was like eh, i, I did the same thing a few times right. especially like when you're awkward because your dad you haven't seen in the years coming <laughs> yeah. like you're gonna football is like his thing it gives him something to hold on to something some confidence mm-hmm. the lady at the first bank who gets robbed that's like calling him out calling him stupid and then when marcus is interviewing her she's and he's like you know were they black white hispanic whatever yeah. and he's she was like their skin or their souls yeah she was, she was great. I do love her line. That was like, you can leave now. You haven't done anything but be stupid yet. You know, just yep. like you ain't guilty of nothing but being stupid yet. <laughs> and then my last one, and I think there were more, but my last guy is not really a guy. It's the T-Bone waitress as she started it <laughs> <Yes>. on IMDb. <laughs> and I think not that, you know, there's only two of us. We're not really pitching categories for this one. <laughs> Or winners, but that's my winner oh, for sure. For sure. She was incredible. Just like, so what don't you want? Yeah, I think I'm putting that scene in there oh, because yeah. it's just, it's twitch and it tells you everything you need. And I love that she's like, the medium rare, you'll get the stakes medium rare. Then Alberto's like trying to say, well, I'll take mine. She said, that weren't no question. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's what, like 9 a.m.? Yeah. Giving them a steak, baked potatoes, and iced tea. Yeah, then she chooses iced tea for them and, like, looks up and Marcus is like, that'll be fine. Yeah, we'll do the iced tea. Uh, such a great little moment. 
I was surprised because, you know, Jeff Bridges' character, he's retiring, he's an older guy, mm. went with corn. You know, I thought he would for sure want not want the corn. <laughs> yeah. Got to take care of the teeth. <laughs> I also had, as part of this category, the the old cowboy at the second bank they robbed in the yep. opening scene. Uh, when he says, you got a gun on you, old man? He said, hell yes. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yeah, America, right there. You trying to steal my gun too? <laughs> yeah, that is like a great thing. Is like everybody in this in these basically is packed. Oh man, so great! And then uh, I also had, I love the little just like movie within a movie when the cows are across the highway and they have that cowboy. Yep. Uh, that's the writer. That's, that's uh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was. And but yeah, he just does a great delivery there, especially about like I can understand why my kids don't want to do this shit, and just like uh, yeah, I was thinking about that when I heard it. It was like you know all these people complain about being poor. I mean, some of them don't have anything, but like all the ranchers complain about how hard their life is, how hard is, and then these cows are worth like twenty thousand dollars each. Like, dude, you're sitting on (laughs) like two million dollars. You know your way out. Yeah. Like, no income tax and taxes. Just sell those cows and (laughs) move into the suburbs. Like retire. Yep. You can have an easy life. Anyway, I know that's that's probably the wrong answer because it's easy for me to say as I live in New York, but that's my hot take. <laughs> sell, sell your, your cows. T- sell your cows. <laughs> say, listen, let me get some states from these. Like anytime I want a state, that's free. Give me my two million and also free states for life, and we got a deal. That seems fair. Is that out of line? I I think it sounds good to me. But just like. Ranching seems like one of the worst things to do. Like, God bless those people; they're great. But I, like, I would never want to. Like, if I had a way out, I'd be like, yeah, thank you. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I understand the appeal of like the hard work and like being out in nature and all that. That stuff does sound appealing to me. But once I get into it, I know I'd be like, no, please take me back home to the couch and air conditioning. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, as a field trip i'd be down that's it that's why it's like every time people are like um thank farmers like yes 100 percent. y'all are the best um do you have anyone else that was a scene stealer leapt out at you uh no that was all mine list yep okay that brings us to tidbits a little trivia little anything that jumped out of you that didn't really fit into this category so I already touched on one. Chris Pine just sits very cowboy Texas-y. Mm-hmm. And like the way he grabs bottles and stuff too. Like you're just like this guy is salt of the earth. Yeah. He's from Texas. Yeah, he like doesn't look like he can sit in a chair comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> he like yeah, he gets like real low in it kind of. Yeah. It's weird. He gets like um like Robert Sala on the sidelines, how he get real low when he was the D coordinator, yeah. and like that's how he sits kind of. Mm-hmm. With the weird, like, hunched over, even though he's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the atmosphere in this movie is awesome. Like, we get the billboards advertising quick loans. Like, all the sleazy stuff going on. Yep. Like, um, you can just tell this area is hard hit. Yeah, just, like, the dust, all the for sale signs in the properties. And it just felt like, it just felt real. I had that down here as well. I absolutely love that. Like, it has it makes West Texas, like, this huge, like, mythical nasty place it's like and then at the same time like this world is like almost dystopian in a way like the world the rest of the world has completely passed it by mm-hmm. everybody's like yeah it's like mad mats in a way yeah. like just dusty and 
disparate and like everything's falling apart. Right. And then like everyone's nostalgic for a pastime. Uh, that also wasn't that great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I, one thing I kind of noticed this time that I really liked, it almost kind of seemed like a fantasy world at some point. Cause like, it's almost like it's fallen under the rule of like an evil queen or an evil character, you know, like kind of like the bank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the bank. Yeah. Like it's like in Narnia when the ice queen takes over. Right. I was going to say that. Yeah. And it's like, we've got a whole snowy world now. Like everyone's beat down. Everyone is like the bank is out to get us and they're taking over yeah, everything. Like, what can we do? Yeah. There's no hope. It's like spreading out all over the area. Uh, and all the it characters was also feel cool that. Because like Tetsu's is huge. So even Alberto and Marcus Hamilton are outsiders yep. amongst these West sets. Like they don't want to tell them anything really either. Yeah. Like the bank employees will, but no one else wants anything. Yep. Um I also I love the way that Bridges puts his boot his hat on his boot. Like just uh, like it's just I had that I don't same know. thought too. I wouldn't do that, I don't think, because it just seems <laughs> dirty. But the way like when he does them, like that's it's very a great cool. little character touch for sure. Yeah. yeah. And similarly Chris Pine, he gets his hat back from Tanner, and he by the end he's like starting to fit it because it's all like bunched up and weird. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, it's a little bit more back to where it should be. Yeah. And he's wearing that when Hamilton rolls up. Yep. I noticed that too. This that was the first time I noticed that. That was great. And do you have any other like one thing I noticed this time? Yeah, I saw that Marcus owns like when he's retired and he's back home near the end. His dog is a bloodhound, which I thought was a great little touch. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then I just, we had kind of talked about this already, but I I really loved like how the bank is just despised by everyone. Like at one point when they're investigating one of the robberies, um, Marcus sees like the bank manager and he goes, there's a man that looks like he could foreclose on a house. And it's just like, everybody is antagonistic toward the, toward the banks. Um, and then, uh, another character, he said, I just watched the bank get robbed. That's been robbing me for 30 years. It's just. Uh, all those right. little touches uh in the uh diner right yeah. when uh that's not even Texas Midland that's when Tanner goes rogue yep and then that scene also was good when he's trying to get the money from the waitress <laughs> yes yes and she also comes in hot you know she's <laughs> she's not ready she's not giving up her tip yep i should have asked this in questions too but we kind of already talked about good guys with a gun like does this movie have the most good guys with a gun per capita of any movie ever <laughs> I, I think definitely in terms of like random people because right? yes. most of the time it's like assassin they turn out to be assassins and then we're in john wick the the posse that gets rounded up in post one yeah just... they were it's amazing they were just ready to go but that's such a great action hero moment for tanner when he walks around the car with the yeah AR. and they just immediately are <laughs> yeah. done yeah, it's great because it's like... He looks like the Terminator in that moment. <laughs> yeah, this, that's why this movie is good, because it's like, almost, it's like a love letter to West Texas, but also like, hey, yeah. get your shit together, guys. Like, what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, at the same time, it's kind of like pokes them at the same time. I, I love that. Uh, and it just shows you kind of like emptiness of some of America and just like our policies and gun control, all of that. And it just kind of speaks a lot to that without being like, heavy-handed or overbearing or even mm-hmm. like preachy in any kind of way it just kind of points out some of the ridiculousnesses of our especially our gun laws and that kind of thing right but these idiots are going to get themselves killed because right. 
they think they're cowboys because exactly. they Especially have guns that, and monster trucks. Yeah, that uh, bank and the bank robbery in post is like perfect example of that. Like the security, like why are we? Like why is the security guard firing on this guy? Why is there a random dude in a bank with a gun? That's not right. robbing the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, just chill out. Exactly. Like, that, just, like they got people killed because they exactly. didn't. They tried to save them. Yeah, like, because they tried to save $15,000 or something like that. That's insured. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, literally none of your business. <laughs> yeah, just sit down. <laughs> but the lesson of the story, I think, is unless you live there, don't try to rob banks and taxes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Any state with concealed carry, I'm just like, nope. No. Ah, dang. They were on the list, but... So, in the movie, Toby offers his son a beer. Texas is one of ten states that allows underage minors to consume alcohol in specific locations, such as the privacy of one's home, which is wild, or in the presence of consenting and supervising family members, which is a little bit better, but not great. But just like... You can just be 14 and go home and just crack open a beer because you're home. And just completely unsurprising as well. Yeah. Also, though, it's weird because Texas is one of the few states that still has, like, the, like, dry county. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, some where, like, you can't get beer before or after certain hours. Yeah. Or, like, alcohol before. Because, like, I went to the grocery store and people from other states would be like, oh, is it too early to get beer or whatever? Yeah. But I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was just like, so Texas has that. And then at the same time, they're like... Yeah, but you know what's also cool? Kids drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have to, like, come on. What is Texas doing? It's In more than one way. Crazy land, for sure. Side note, McConaughey announced probably like a month ago by the time this comes out that he's not running for governor <laughs> at this time. But he didn't say that he's not just going to seize power in Texas, which I think he might. <laughs> I, think, I don't think we can rule it out. <laughs> I read his book earlier this year. It was quite, quite entertaining. Green lights. Did he write? He wrote it himself too, yep. right? No ghostwriter. Yeah, I res- I like that. And uh, he narrates the audiobook, so it's that's fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> anyway, done with McConaughey. Uh, due to his tight schedule with Star Trek Beyond, Chris Pine was only available for two and a half weeks. So all of his scenes had to be shot very rapidly and in sequence. So they had to film it all in order so that they could maintain the required level of energy. That's interesting. Okay. I like how that kind of plays into the movie. Related to that, the final scene of the movie was shot on Chris Pine's last day and Jeff Bridges' first day of filming. Because it's the only uh, scene they shared together. But that's just interesting. Because, like, that, like maybe explains why it's so good yeah. is like Jeff Bridges, you know, phenomenal actor, a little older. He's fresh yeah. chomping the bit. Chris Pine's been there the whole time, ready to rock. Yeah. That's great. Huh. Chris Pine is two months older than Ben Foster, who plays his older brother. <laughs> yeah. I always love when that happens in movies. Uh, this movie was originally titled Comancheria. Comanchera. Mm. I don't know how you would say that but it was changed after a title competition between interns at one of the production companies. The title that won was obviously Hell or High Water, but in some countries, like Spain, the title is still Comancheria because the like cliche, as it is in English, doesn't translate. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the inform- that Comanche exchange that he has at the poker table, we, we kind of talked to, touched on it already, but that, that was a great 
great exchange and great performance from Ben Foster. Yes. I thought that was more cringy, though, than the racism, honestly. Yeah. Because it's like, it was also like a perfect encapsulation of that. I was going to say, that's why I liked it, is it it was just that character to a T. Right. And then it's. No, it was was perfect, but just like in terms of like, are we sure we needed this? It was less like, yeah. But it was, it was a great scene and moment. And then, and then how it like plays into his ending and right. The last thing he says, you know, before he gets shot by Marcus is Lord of the Plains and he's looking at the plane. Yeah. yeah. He's looking out upon. So it kind of sets up that moment nicely. Mm -hmm. Buttons back, butts it all up. It was, it's like great movie wise. I just meant like, like if I was around and someone did that, I'd be like, "Oh, this guy's yeah. a fucking moron." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, also just to say that to a Comanche guy to oh, his face. Oh man, just like yeah. I was like, "Dude, he's gonna kill you." This guy's gigantic. I oh, know. Just settle down, please. That guy also came in. Hot. That would be my notes for Tanner. <laughs> for Tanner, just, <laughs> just please, buddy, just chill out. Yes, take it down just like three notches, and then let's see how it goes. Comancheria, the film's. I don't know what I don't know how to say it. I don't know. I'm butchering it. Uh, anyway, the film's original title is a region of New Mexico and West Texas and nearby areas that were occupied by the Comanche before the 1860s. So that's why it's that title. Yeah, I actually I like just love the look of this area of the country. And just recently, in October, uh, drove through. Uh, like eastern New Mexico and a little bit of West Texas, and it it was really cool to see. One of my um, well, my favorite paranormal podcasts who are also on my show, Expanded Perspectives. They're from Texas, and so they talk about West Texas a lot, and how yeah. it's all just like this. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of scrub and a lot of like mesas, and uh, it's beautiful colors though. The writer Taylor Sheridan's uncle was a consultant to Jeff Bridges because he was a U.S. Marshal for over 30 years. So he was trying to help him, not a Texas Ranger, but, you know, helping him get in that kind of lawman, Texas kind of guy. Hell or High Water features three big name actors, which I guess were, it's Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges, and Ben Foster, Mm -hmm. I guess would be the third one. Mm -hmm. Is he a big name actor? I think he's a I feel like he, big time character if, actor. He's become yes. yeah. I just like do I don't think people who aren't into movies know who he sure, is. Sure. You know, but they would recognize him as like they'd see he's him a that guy. And they'd know. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think he's like a big name actor. Right. I, think I would say he's a that guy. Yeah. But like top of his craft, that guy for sure. Definitely one of the best also, bad guys around. Phenomenal in um another western three ten to Yuma. Three ten to Yuma. Yep. Jinx. Oh man, he's like very good bad guy in that movie. But anyway, uh, this movie tested well. It's got the big name actors going on. Two bona fide stars. Did not receive a wide release or a lot of publicity or advertising because advertisers didn't want to be associated with a movie promoting retribution against financial institutions <laughs> who feed off the working class. And that's just <laughs> gross. It tells you everything you need to know about america <laughs> yeah i was just like this movie is phenomenal and like if you people who know about it are like this is one of the best movies oh, ever for sure but not that many it's like 
I think now because it's been a while, but at first it was like hard to find people who had seen. This. I tell so many people. I tell people to watch it all the time. The film takes place in West Texas. We've said that seven hundred times, mm-hmm. but it was shot entirely in New Mexico. Nice whole thing. I love New Mexico. It's a great land. And then this is my last piece of trivia. Cinematographer Giles Nutkins. It's a tough name. <laughs> Giles Nutgens or Nutgens? Giles, tough. maybe I don't know. Yeah. Even if it's Giles Nutgens, <laughs> like I don't think there's anything good. Giles, Giles, it's tough. Giles and Giles is fine, but it's like some people are going to be rude about it. Yeah. I like the name, but then either one followed up with Nutgens, Nutgens, tough. tough. Anyway, he shot much of the film when the sun was high to best capture the hot, oppressive feel of the area. He went for the hard midday light that most directors of photography try and avoid to make sense of the heat of it. Uh, the director said, the almost oppressive sunshine and shadows. And that's like, we've said that a bunch because it just makes it feel like doom and gloom. Yeah, I like that approach because like it would be easy to shoot this entire movie like at Magic Hour in West Texas and probably have a ton of great sunsets and all of that stuff. But. Mm-hmm. I, I like the choice that they made there. Like, I think it tonally helped the movie a lot. It also explains like this movie has a unique look, yep. and it you know he chose to film at a time most people don't. That made sense. But uh, do you have anything else, Ben? I'm just looking at the 2016 Best Original Screenplay nominations, and mm-hmm. how Hell or High Water does not win with these five that movies for sh- is okay. Read them off. Read them off. Let's okay. Shoot. We've got 20th Century Women, The Lobster, which is a great movie. And a great I don't know original. if I've heard of 20th Century Women. It's pretty good. Uh, but, okay. I mean, not on a hell or high water level. Uh, the Lobster, which is great. So that would probably be my second choice in this category. La La Land, Hell or High Water. La La, La, La Land is not good. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, I fell asleep watching it. <laughs> and I don't, like, that's not what I do. It's got a killer And ending, it wasn't even, like... But, uh, Maybe that's maybe that's why I don't yeah. like it because I I saw like <laughs> I got like at thirty minutes in and fell asleep and that's like you know not a thing that happens to me. I think it struggles from like I love I like Ryan Gosling and I like Emma Stone. Were they the right choices for singing? You know, constantly. No, probably not. You know, they're very pretty to yeah. look at though. So Ryan Gosling was nominated for best actor for yeah. that. I, I no Chris Pine though. Yeah. And then the winner of the uh, best original screenplay was Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, that movie. I have not seen that. It's not a movie I'm going to see. I don't think unless I get forced to. I just like I made conscious choices with the movies I watch. I don't want to watch something that's just like going to super be super sad. Depressing. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> I know people are always like. Yo, you know it's important to see that type of stuff it's like i know that real life is like that sometimes yeah. for people like i don't need to see it in a movie for sure like i i know it like not that you know like i've lived it or anything i'm just saying like i know that that's a thing out yep. there watching a movie won't make me appreciate it i more. typically i i typically avoid movies like that too so i haven't seen it but it was awarded in other categories so like why i, I don't understand why they do this for like that movie did get awarded in several places i think in 2016 uh and just like for as far as an original screenplay goes i think hell or high water at the lobster are way better choices than that but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the Academy Award. Whenever they have the opportunity, they're like, "Let's fuck up." <laughs> yes, I would agree. <laughs> okay, surprise question time. Okay. If you, we were in a heist crew, like we're Robin Banks, mm. what would your role be? Like, so what do you think it would be? And then if it's different, what would you want it to be? Mm. I think that I would be pretty good in the planning role, but that I would miss an important detail and we would get caught because I'd miss that important detail. Um, So like you're you're saying you're like overqualified to be anything but the mastermind, but underqualified to be the mastermind. (laughs) I think I would aspire to be like, I would want to be the cool getaway driver if I could choose one, but I don't think like I'm like an okay driver. I don't have like much experience, you know, driving very fast. That makes sense. I was, I, I, because I spring this on people, I try to picture where I would want them. And I couldn't really picture you because, like, I mean, you're a pretty big guy, right? You're, like, tall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you would think you would be, like, the muscle or, like, the the wheel, like the, uh, wild card? Yeah. But I was like, Ben's too nice. Like, he, know, that's like He's not going to hit someone with his gun in the head. I could never, like, perpetrate violence. So I'd have to be in a situation where I'm either, like, yeah, I would just, I would, I would fold in those moments. I could I be like you in... could be, you could be Ben Affleck when he's, like... <laughs> calm down take a deep breath yeah. that's what i i like to think that'd be me i'd like i'm I'd the mastermind but also in the bank i'd be like it's not your money like ch- chill out right i'd be like the tool guy yeah yeah the friendly guy that's a good I, that's a good role or like you make friends with the you're kind of the talker like, hey yeah don't even worry about it everyone yeah. like your money's insured you know yeah if you have more than two hundred thousand dollars in the bank that's not my fault <laughs> yeah, that's on that's you, on you. <laughs> That's a good. After talking that I mean, through, I think that might be a better role for me, just to be kind of like the mouthpiece of the bank robbery. It's just be fun. Yeah. It's just be fun. Yeah. Unless you're in West Texas and someone <laughs> has a gun and they just shoot you. I would definitely need a uh, a a uh, like an enforcer with me if I was in that role, though. I think if let's see, how tall are you? I'm six two. Okay. I could be, I could be like Jem. I think I, I, I wouldn't want to be when it come natural, but I think I could pretend to be pretty well. Perfect. Plus, we got the height difference, so it would work. Because yeah. Aflat's a monster. All right, but I think that wraps up this discussion. Hell or high water, absolute banner. I have it in my Mount Rushmore for short. Uh, for you people out there, I posted this on Instagram a while ago. At this point. So this is coming out in the future. Future. <laughs> but my Mount Rushmore is Heat, The Town, Hell or High Water, and Inside Man. They're all, I guess, three of them are pretty similar, kind of. And then different elements on them, different yeah. locations. But then Inside Man is the kind of road different one. Yeah, I like this. But Ben. What do you got going on? What's going on in HowlerPod? Where can the people find you? Sure. What's up? What do yeah. you got to plug? Um, we, I'm obviously a host of uh, a Red Rising podcast all about the books by Pierce Brown. Uh, it's called HowlerPod. You can find us you know, on the social meds at HowlerPod. Uh, just all one word, Twitter and 
Instagram. We're always posting memes on Instagram. Um, Legitimately funny. Memes, <laughs> we, we work hard in the meme factory and try to put out good content. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be, we just finished kind of a run, a little small run of podcasts here in the fall. Uh, Thomas was a guest on one of those. So if you haven't yep. heard those yet, ch- check them out. We did uh, book drafts. Uh, talking all about our favorite moments in the Red Rising books. Uh, we'll probably have a couple more episodes before the end of the year, so I'm not sure when this pod is going to come out, but um, check those out. We'll have like a holiday special uh, that you can check out at any time. And uh, that's about it. Once the new year hits, we'll probably come back with a few more episodes, but we're really kind of waiting for a new book from Pierce. Yeah, so we have or TV news, about. I guess, yeah. or some TV news. Um, so we'll see. We'll we'll make content here and there as we go, as we get closer. I've got some ideas, and as stuff comes up, we'll we'll talk about it. But um, once the book six comes out in the Red Rising series, we'll be back at it and uh, have a lot to talk about. Exciting. And I'll have to have you guys on when we get some bunch of set stuff too. Oh, for sure. Make Can't you wait. just force you on here. Yeah. No. Yeah, we love we love coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, as always, if you did what you're hearing, make sure to hop on the podcast platform of your choice. Drop those five-star ratings, five-star reviews, and subscribe to, I guess, if you want. And be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at hight underscore obsessed underscore podcast and on Twitter at podcast. And they're, you know, just following Howler Pod's lead. I got the memes. I got, like, mostly memes and then random stuff, updates about the podcast, stuff like that, book reviews occasionally. But that's all I got for you, you lovely people. Be safe out there. And until next time, remember, it's not about what you want. It's about what you don't want. And we don't got no goddamn trout. <laughs>